What is going on, NBA fans? You are listening to Nothing But the NBA Podcast with your host, Teddy Christopa. Wow, it feels so good to finally say that. Uh, my apologies for the delay on this podcast, but we are back. I'm going to have a guest for the the show. It's, his name is Jalen, and we are going to talk about the superlatives of this season um, and what we have for bowl predictions, as well as our NBA Finals predictions. Um, But before we get started with today's episode, I want to say thank you all for the continued support of this podcast. Even though we haven't recorded since June, I still have gotten views, and I really do appreciate that, and I hope that this podcast can grow even more now that we are active again. But again, before we get started, some ways to contact and reach out is via email, and that is nothing but NBA podcast at gmail.com. That is again, nothing but NBA podcast at gmail.com. Instagram, nothing but the NBA and Twitter at NBA podcast six. Please reach out, ask us questions, give us some of your, some of your predictions after you listen to this podcast. Of course, um, tell us what you like, what you dislike, what you want to see or what you want me to add. And I will do my best to listen to all that advice that you have. So with that being said, let's get started with today's episode. Hey, uh, Jalen, thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, welcome to the podcast, and uh, I'm excited to do this. We're going to be talking about the full predictions, the superlatives, and finals. So, What's going uh, on? What's going on? I'm excited. Yeah. Uh, you are a Knicks fan. Um, I am. Die hard. Big season to come. I'm excited for you. Got my guy coming. I am excited as well. So, uh, what do you want to start off with first? Do you want to start off with bold predictions, superlatives, or, or whatnot? Uh, we can start off with a bold prediction. Why not? Let's do Down. it. You want to hit us with, with one first? Uh, yeah, I'll say uh, bold prediction number one. I'll say uh, Ben Simmons will never play for the 76ers again. Now, with that, do you mean like he'll never play basketball this season? Or do you think he's going to get traded? Like, what do you, what do you have uh, with that? I, I could see him playing for a different team, but not for the 76ers, not at all. Yeah, one thing with Ben Simmons, that, which I don't understand, um, I also have a Ben Simmons prediction, so I'll get into that a little bit later, but I just don't understand like what happened. Like, last season, not shooting, not scoring, just you know catching the ball, having a wide-open layup, and then just passing it out. I just don't understand where all the, the drama happened. So it's Yeah, he blames uh, you know his mental health, you know, which is you know, it's a valid you know, uh, reason, I guess, but at the same time, he's a great basketball player, he should be playing, he's missing out on money, he's getting fined, all this and that, should be playing ball, that's what he's good at. Yeah, I mean, he is, like, he's shown that he's a great defender, he's a great passer, he's a great point guard, he just lacks, I guess, the the scoring ability, I mean, he can score the ball, but you just can't shoot the ball, Um, which you'd think, like, this... This far into his career, he would develop a shot or develop something that you know he can, you know, show a little bit more improvement on. Um, I've heard rumors that he hasn't really been able to hit the gym as much as the coaches have really wanted. So I'm really mm-hmm. questioning his work ethic and work workability. Um, and you can definitely you know fix that. Like, look at Lonzo; he fixed that. He went to the gym. He fixed his jumper. Look at him now. He's- it- there's it's a lot of players like that, too. Like Giannis, Giannis Antetokounmpo. His shot is amazing. Yeah, 
Um, Giannis has been able to shoot. There's been a lot of centers over the, the years that just have been able to develop. I mean, I get it. He's a six foot ten point guard, and I mean that's that's kind of a rarity. I mean, maybe not so much anymore, but um, you just expect some some kind of improvement. He's kind of been the same since his rookie season, so um, it is sad. You know, when he's in the NBA, he's he's good for the NBA. He gives you know them viewers for because everybody wants to see Ben Simmons. Like everybody wants to see what he's gonna do. Like what kind of improvement he's gonna going to show. So yeah, it's it's tough. Um, but my my bold prediction for Ben Simmons was I I feel like he is not going to be playing again. So I agree with that um, for the 76ers. But I believe he's going to be playing in Denver on the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think that Denver has a couple of trade possibilities that they could throw out there. Aaron Gordon could be one. I know they just re-signed him. Michael Porter Jr. could be another trade candidate for them. Um, and you also have kind of Jamal Jamal Murray. I, I, I'm a huge Jamal Murray fan, but with Jamal Murray, you get a lot of injuries. You get a lot of inconsistent play. Uh, a guy that can produce 50 points a game, but you could also go for five points a game the next game. So I love Jamal Murray, but if I'm a Denver Nugget fan, like I would be like Ben Simmons over Jamal Murray any day. No, I definitely agree with you on that. And definitely, you know, you have a, not to say Jamal Murray's, you know, a bad score, but, you know, if you have Nicola, you know, he's definitely going to put the basket up. I trust him more than Jamal Murray at the end of the day. And Ben Simmons, he'll definitely have no problem dishing it to him, so. I definitely agree with you on that. That'd be a perfect fit, to be honest. Yeah, and I mean, I just think like Jokic, which we're going to get into a little bit later on this episode, but Jokic is going to benefit with a guy that's going to find him the ball and give him the ball in in open space. Um, Jamal Murray is definitely not a pass-first point guard. I know he can rack up assists here and there, but he he is definitely a score-first point guard and a guy that's looking to get a shot off whenever possible. Jokic obviously would benefit from you know a guy that's going to pass and be a pass first point guard, kind of like a Ben Simmons. And but Ben Simmons is a guy that I feel like we haven't seen his his utmost potential as a basketball player yet. And that's very true. It's it's sad. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Markel Fultz, who was a 76er for what three games it seems like. But, um, yeah, didn't, didn't he like tear his ACL or have a big leg injury? He tore his ACL, yeah. And then, yeah. but what happened with him? So, there was a rumor guy grew up, I think, believe in Philadelphia and really was like close with his mom, but his mom was a little bit of a, like a helicopter mom. So, he went out to play college basketball in Washington, Washington University or whatever. Um, and really just wanted to get away from his mom, live his life. And then, Philadelphia drafted him. And did not like that. So there was a rumor that he was kind of throwing, throwing basketball games because he didn't want to, you know, play there. So Philadelphia ended up wow. trading him, and then he got went to Orlando and just went off. So to tie this in, I feel like it's kind of like a Ben Simmons thing. Like he's just throwing basketball games, trying to get out of there. You know, as soon as he goes somewhere else, you're gonna really just see what Ben Simmons is all about. So I'm ex- I'm hopefully excited to see it. NBA is so much better with a superstar in the league and not holding out. Hopefully his mental health is, is there, but I know Philadelphia is finding him again. So we'll see. 100% agree. 
you have anything else to say? You want to go hit us with our, your second bold prediction? Uh, talk about my second bold prediction. Let's do it. Uh, second bold prediction is Paul George wins the most valuable player MVP award this year. Insanity. So, I know it's you're crazy, not, crazy bold prediction. I know you're not too familiar with the show, um, but last year, probably the biggest Paul George haters in the world were me and my uh, my friend Nick. We yeah. um, he's having a great season. Don't get me wrong, but disgusting season. Playoff P will come off again. Hopefully, you know, around playoff time. I yeah. I love I I actually do like Paul George. I've always liked him. I followed him up since he was on Indiana, and terrific basketball player. But I'm not too sure about when Kawhi Leonard comes back. If it's gonna if it's gonna keep happening with the uh, the MVP run that he's kind of having right now. So tell us why you have that as your bold prediction. You see, I think Paul George is gonna have an amazing season, best season, MVP caliber season. You know, but this playoff thing it goes. It goes way past Paul George. It's even way past Kawhi. It's just the Clippers always fold in the playoffs. And I literally, when I started watching basketball, that's when Lob City was big. You know, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, DeAndre Jordan. The, come on, that was great. Yeah, they I mean, always fold in the playoffs. It's, it's just a thing. It's like it, it always happens. You know, you I'm, I'm paper. You, you can't avoid it. The Clippers will always fold in the playoffs, no matter what. But Paul George will still have an amazing season. I mean, he goes crazy almost every single game. Like he's almost dro- he drops almost twenty five points every single game. He's ridiculous. Yeah, his numbers are insane. Averaging twenty seven points. Twenty seven points, five assists, and eight point two rebounds. I mean, it's insane. Also shooting thirty five percent from three, which is you know that's pretty pretty decent as well. Um, but on paper, I mean, the Clippers do have one of the best teams in the NBA. I would say minus maybe. Maybe the Nets, if Kyrie ever comes back. Um, that's another bold prediction you could have had. But um, Paul George, I mean, just a terrific guy. I actually like that MVP thing. The only problem with, with me personally and the West Coast is if they don't come to the East Coast, like I'm not really watching them just because of how late those games are. I mean, it, it is tough no, to stay yeah, up for those games. That's very true. Those late games, especially you know if you're in the East Coast, start at 1030, like, you're, by halftime you're dozing off, you know. Absolutely. So it is a little bit tough to uh, stay up for those games and really follow through with the, the West Coast. So I'm more typically favoring, I guess, the East East Coast a little bit. But, um, no, I mean, I would be so happy for for Paul George, especially after he broke his leg, you know, oh, six yeah, seasons that, ago. His, his injury was gruesome. Yeah, I watched that live. So I saw that. It was really the first time. I was young. Really the first time I ever saw, you know, something so gruesome and stuff like that. So... Yeah, that was ridiculous. It was. Scary. It was. Um, so it would be nice to see. But um, my second bowl prediction, ah, hopefully Zion Williamson comes back and the Pelicans go on a huge run and make the play-in round. Um, I, I believe that they can get to at least 10 and make it. I mean, if you really look at the the West standings, like, they are so bad. Like, I mean, if you look at even the East, like, it is so bad. Like, every team is right there. Um, right now, they're four games out from, I mean, it, it's obviously very early, and anything could happen. 
but they're four games out from the 10 seed. Like, it could happen. Like, I feel like this year, this season is just one of the most unpredictable seasons of, you know, definitely in, like, the last decade, you know, because I feel like it's always how, you know, heavy set the West is, and then you got one, two, or three teams dominating the East. But now it's, you know, there's going to be, I feel like there's going to be some major upsets this, this playoff season, and especially in the play-in coming up or with that new rule in effect in that new tournament. I think there's going to be some huge upsets. Oh, I agree. I mean, it's 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 insane. Like, I mean, I would say on paper, like, I don't understand, like, what's going on with the Pelicans. Like, they have a pretty amazing team. They don't have the best team. I know I said that about the Clippers, like, arguably having one of the best teams. But, I mean, you have Josh Hart. You have uh, Brandon Ingram. You have Zion Williamson when he comes back. Uh, Jonas Valanciunas, who's been a decent center. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, on, on paper, they have, like, a pretty good team, like a team that could be capable of making the playoffs. I just think they just need Zion to get them over that hump. So I have them going, like, making a eight-game win streak, winning, like, maybe, let's say, 15 of 20 games. Um, I have them yeah. going on that kind of kind of run, and I, I think it's going to happen as soon as Zion comes back. So Yeah, they definitely will get a big boost once Zion comes back. I don't see them making a, you know, a huge playoff run, but I definitely see them making them, or I see them in the play-in, definitely. I don't know how, uh, maybe I don't see, see them winning, but I see him in there, you know, right in the corner. Yeah, and I mean, he's only he's only a couple weeks away. Like, he, I mean, it's going to happen. Like, he's going to be back this year, and he's going to play basketball like he plays basketball. He's going to be a guy that's going to go to the rim. He's going to, you know, dunk. He's going to do his thing. The only question yeah. I have of him is he needs to lose weight. I mean, Zion is a huge guy, and it seems like he's only gotten bigger yeah. this offseason. So, and I know... He's a big man. With a foot injury, I mean, how much, how much cardio is he really doing? So, he's going to... It's going to take some time. But he's going to be uh, semi-decent when he does come back. Yeah, definitely. All right, hit us with your uh, your third bold prediction. Uh, my third bold prediction. Uh, my full, uh, I can't even talk. My third bold prediction is that the Lakers don't make the playoffs this season. Ooh. Now, last, last season, I said they wouldn't make the playoffs. Actually, last season, I said the Knicks would have a better record than the Lakers because I got a lot of Lakers friends, you know, that, you know how that can be. Um, but yeah, and I think they actually ended up, I want to say having the same record or maybe the Knicks up one or the Lakers up one. I'm not a hundred percent sure. So, but this season I predict that the Lakers don't even make the playoffs at all. I mean, they have Russell Westbrook. He's a, look what, look what they did with the Wizards. You know, you have Bradley Beal. You got this whole squad of people on your team and barely make, did they make the play-in or did they make the eighth seed? Who is this? Uh, the Wizards last season. Wizards made the play-in. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, the play-in goes 7, like, 8, 9, 10. Gotcha. And with the team like they had last season, that shouldn't have happened. And that's how I feel with the Lakers this season, you know. Uh, granted, LeBron got injured. But, you know, uh, with that being said, Russell Wilson, or Russell Westbrook, we're talking football now. <laughs> Russell Westbrook. I don't know. I just I think he's a stat stuffer, and he he not to say he doesn't care about winning, but because he is that type of player, he doesn't win all the time. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I'm about to go on a little bit of a tangent. I'm sure here, but um, the Lakers to me, I feel like are a very 
great team. If you look at, I hate to keep doing this, but if you look at if you look at their roster, I mean they have probably the best team in the West. Anthony yeah, Davis. Team bad. Yeah, I mean it, it's such a good team, um, but with LeBron being out, it just shows you how like out of control they are. Um, I mean you have Russell Westbrook, like you said, who I think is just a guy that's going to go in there try to get a triple double. Every single time he plays, and uh, it's just not—it's not good. It's not good basketball. He—I saw a stat today where he is, even if he has zero turnovers for the rest of the season, like he has a chance of breaking the all-time turnover um, record in the NBA. Like it is—it it is that bad. Um, and he's just not going to win. If you turn the ball over, you're not going to win basketball games. Like that's it. It's—it's it's simple. Yep. Um, Anthony Davis, all he's trying his best to win them games, but I also think the Lakers are old. Like they're just, they're not explosive, and the NBA today is just all about young talent with speed and just pure dominance. And I just, I agree with you. I could actually see them, maybe not making the playoffs. Um, I mean, I think they will make the playoffs, but I, I think they'll be in a playing round, for sure. Like I think they'll be around that seven, eight, nine, or ten. Um, in the play-in, probably will be we'll, probably will be playing the Pelicans, maybe. Um, but I just, yeah, I agree with that. That's a great bold prediction, and I, um, I think that's you know, you you said it right. Um, my third bold prediction is that Damon CJ, they get traded at the deadline. Like it, it's kind of a bold take, but if you it's look at, bold. if you look at Portland, like. Portland's missed their prime. They missed their peak. The, I mean, Dame is Dame, and CJ is CJ, but you get you kind of get figured out in the NBA. Like I feel like Portland is like one of those teams that they've been great, but they missed their time to be amazing. Like to me, three years ago when Damian Lillard was going on those massive runs and like doing stuff that we've never seen in the NBA, and CJ was doing the same thing. Like they just needed that third guy. And I think that if you just have Dame and you just have CJ, you could play. You could defend that. You can play defense on that, and it's it's so hard to just win when you or get figured out. Like I just think like the yeah. like being eight and eight in the in the West right now and being a seven seed. Like I don't see them getting much better than that. Like if you look at the West, it's it's one of the best conferences of all time. So, what do you what do you have to say about that? If you have anything. Um, so I could definitely see CJ leaving just because, you know, he's CJ McCollum. It's not that he's, I've never heard him verbally talk about, you know, staying as much as, um, Damian Lillard has. That's for sure. Um, cause Damian Lillard verbally talks about how he's never leaving Portland, you know, and whatnot. And I definitely agree with you of how, um, Portland kind of reached this like apex, like for me. It was watching that Denver playoff game last year where Damon Lillard just spazzed and hit, was just hitting every three, every shot, and they still lost the game. Like, come on. Like, at this point, you got to realize that the teams, that the team you're on isn't going to get any better than that, you know? If you're having these outstanding games, Damian Lillard, and you're still losing, like, once, once that game ended, I thought Damian Lillard was done in Portland. I thought he was leaving. 
I thought he was gonna be like, you know, I can't with this team, but he stayed loyal with uh, with the Trailblazers, so gotta respect him for that. But yeah, yeah, and I know. I think was it you? I mean, we're in class together. Um, yeah. Was it you who I talked to that uh, we we were talking about like loyalty um, and like how there's no loyalty in sports anymore? Was that you? Or is that somebody? I think else? so. Yeah. Yeah. So in gen- like it, there's just no loyalty in sports like at all. Um, you look at football, baseball, basketball, hockey. Maybe not so much as as in the hockey, uh, just because they don't get paid as much. But mm-hmm. whether you're a player, owner, manager, coach, whatever. Um, those guys just do not have any loyalty like at all. So it's kind of nice to see like Dame kind of like sticking with the the loyalty, um, and saying like I'm never gonna leave Portland. Like Portland's my home. Portland's my city. Like I want to stay there for the rest of my career. Like I I give him a lot of respect for that because that is like one of the hardest things to do in today's sport. Um, so I I really like with that bold prediction. Like I think it's gonna happen. It's I don't want it to happen, but I just think it's it it's going to happen. Um, I mean, maybe not so much Dame, but definitely CJ. Like, one of them is going to go. Like, I mean, just having an 8-8 eight eight record, being so kind of flat this year, being flat last year, and even the year before, like, I mean, you, you got to have some kind of change. And, and the amount of personnel you could get for Damian Lillard is unbelievable. Like, you could get so many draft picks. You could get so many players that are NBA ready right now. It, it, it just sure. needs to happen. Like, I mean, the amount of players that you could get, you'd probably be – a playoff team still. It's kind of like uh, the um, the Thunder when they traded away Russell Westbrook and Durant. Well, they got rid of Durant, but um, they just got a lot of players for like Russell Westbrook and and um, Paul yeah, George. It's, it's so. definitely a risk, but like imagine having Damian Lillard on. Yeah, let's give away this guy. You know, it's so hard to do that. You know, so especially with Damian Lillard, like he's saying he's loyal, and you know, loyalty. There isn't any loyalty in sports period anymore. So the fact that you have a guy on your team that's loyal and willingly, openly saying that he's loyal to the team, you know, you look at whoever owns the Portland Trailblazers, I don't know who, um, they look at that, they value that probably more than anything. But that's huge. Absolutely. Um, But, yeah, I mean, it's just – you don't want to see him get traded to anywhere on the West Coast. I personally don't want to see him get traded anywhere on the East Coast unless it's to my Celtics. Because um, that guy's a nightmare. I mean, he's, he's one of the best point guards yeah. in the NBA. So I just don't see them trading him anywhere in the West Coast because they don't want to deal with him. Um, but, I mean, CJ McCollum, he's a good basketball player, but he's not he's not Dame. Like, you could trade him anywhere, yeah. and he's not going to really, like, torture you. You're not going to, like, you know, have nightmares about playing against him as you would, like, Dame. So I just yeah. see like CJ really being the guy, but you would get a lot more trade value with Dame for sure. Oh, one hundred percent. Um. So one bold, I don't have this as my bold prediction, but I really want it to be. Um. I really yeah. want. <laughs> if you look at the standings right now, it's really funny, because you have the top three is Washington, Brook. If, if you don't know, I hate Brooklyn. Can't stand Brooklyn at all. I'm not a James Harden fan at all. Um. Not so bad this year, but. Last year could not stand the guy. And you have Chicago. So that top three, minus Brooklyn, is like so much fun. I really want to see Chicago be Chicago again. And I also want to see Washington just do something. Because that's like one of the biggest Cinderella stories in the beginning of the season is how good Washington really is. And they're doing that with all, without, all without Bradley Beal. 
too. Like, yeah. Bradley Beal has not been that good. So, it's not really a bold prediction, but I'm really hoping. I, I just wanted to talk about it because I've been looking at the standings so much in this episode. Um, but Chicago, I just want to talk about them real quick. Like, what about what's going on with DeMar DeRozan? Like, what is he on this year? He's been so good. The um, I watched, like, maybe five of their games this year, and DeMar DeRozan has been so good in every single one of those games. Like, it's so much fun to watch. And even Lonzo, like, I, I love Lonzo Ball. Like, everything about, about Chicago this year, I'm for. Like, it is so much fun. So, that's just a little bit of a tangent. I wanted to just talk about that real quick. Um, yeah, I definitely love the Bulls. They've been on, you know, national TV ever since they got, you know, all the big names like Vucevic and, you know, Lonzo, like you said, and DeMar DeRozan. He's been going oh, insane. Yeah. Like, the Bulls have just been going insane, period. And Zach Levine's one of my favorite players too. Like Zach Levine is a really down to earth oh, guy, and he's just so much, so much fun to watch. That's why I'm so excited because you know last year there weren't many national Bulls games on TV, and this year's a lot. So like people could finally see Zach play, other than you know the slam dunk contest that he usually do. Yeah, and he's good. He's a good basketball player. Like he puts up thirty point games and stuff. Like he's a good basketball player. Easily, easily, easily. yeah. He could be one of the best scorers this year. He's awesome. All right, um, let's get into some of our uh, superlatives, and let's start off with we'll start like bottom to top. So we're, we'll start off with like coach of the year, because you know who really cares about that, and then yeah. we'll work all the way back to uh, MVP. So let's start off with your coach of the year. Uh, I'll say Eric Spolstra, uh, just because I see they just beat the Wizards just now. So, the Heat just beat just beat the Wizards just now. So I'll take that. I'm really high on that team. I'm really high on Miami this year. I love the Heat now. I mean, love the Heat. Kyle Lowry, great addition. You have Tyler Hero playing where he belongs on the bench, being a six man. You have Duncan Robinson who can hit a lot of threes. You have Bam Adebayo who could be possibly Defensive Player of the Year. Um, you also have Jimmy Butler who again. It's a great defender, great offensive player as well. Just their superstar on that team. It, it's just it, it's such a great team. So I like that pick. Yeah. Um, I went a little Everybody bit. Everybody on that team knows their roles and then they excel at them, which is ridiculous. It's crazy. Yeah. And the chemistry is there. Like chemistry is all there. Like it, it's it's a fun team to watch. If you haven't watched the Miami Heat this year, definitely tune into them. Um, my coach of the year was Steve Kerr. I think the fact that, you know, what, the, the Warriors only lost two games this year? Like, I mean, right now, Steve Kerr has to be coach of the year just because of that. Um, I mean, Steph Curry really is that coach. Draymond really is that coach as well. So when you have two of the easiest players to coach, like, you're going to be pretty decent. So Definitely, yeah, I agree. I, uh, you know, not to agree with you all the time, like you said, but, uh, uh, I just think it's so funny how, like, the Warriors and Steph Curry just always do so well together. And Steve Kerr, like, it's like whenever they're healthy, you know, minus Clay Thompson, of course, right now, but whenever Steph Curry's healthy, whenever they have a strong unit, they always do so well. And now this season they're just, you know, um, exceeding everyone's expectations. So that's so awesome to just see and watch. Yeah, and I mean, I don't, I didn't, I don't think anybody had the Warriors top, top maybe two. More what? Than one. So last year, um, 
on this same episode that I did last year, I said that the um, Golden State Warriors are going to be the worst team in basketball. Just because, I mean, they were, at the time, they were missing Klay Thompson. Draymond Green wasn't doing well. Um, Jordan Poole wasn't even a thought. And I really was yeah. just thinking, like, Steph Curry, like, is he possibly, like, could he possibly be a guy that could do it all, like, for, for his team? And the answer is yes. Like, he can do it all on his team, and he is doing it all without Klay Thompson. So when you put on Klay Thompson with this team, who really is probably the most unselfish player in the NBA, and I'm sure a lot of you forgot he was even in the NBA, because even when he's in the NBA, he's quiet. So, um... Klay Thompson coming back, being arguably one of the most unselfish players in the NBA. I mean, how is this team going to lose? Like, I know they already own the all-time record for most wins in a season and best record overall. So, coach of the year is definitely stupid. Not to mention James Wiseman coming back from injury soon. He's yeah. definitely someone to keep an eye on. Yeah, I mean, just the fact that, and I mean, they have a couple of guys too like that are just out. I think they're first round pick this year. I mean, he hasn't even really played this year. So, just a lot of a lot of talent on that team and it's it's unbelievable. Yeah. Um So, let's go let's go down um and we'll we'll do uh you want to do most improved? I feel like that's the yeah. uh, that's the next one on the list. We'll do that. Uh who's your most improved player? Uh my most improved player. I'll either give this award to John Morant or Miles Bridges. Um Let's see. Now, I would say most people would end up saying Miles Bridges because he's just been going absolutely insane for the Hornets as of late. But if you look at Ja and you look at the numbers he had compared to last season especially, and, you know, one could just argue that he's been injured for or last season. But, you know, again, one could argue. But the, the stats he's putting up this season are ridiculous. He's... Averaging 26 points a game, 7.3 assists, 6.4 rebounds as a point guard, and especially someone his size. Like, if you've ever seen him play basketball or just watch the Grizzlies, like, they're so cool to watch, especially Ja. He's always just doing something you wouldn't expect uh, someone of his, his size to see in the NBA do. And it's just awesome to watch. Well, his explosiveness to me is like, it's almost on the level of Zion. Like, oh, his fast twitch fibers are ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. Um, just what what they can do, like what these guys can really do in the NBA with their explosiveness and, and stuff like that. Um, I, I really like that Miles Bridges one, though. I, I wish you could see, like, my list right now, like the, the viewers that are listening and stuff. Like, for most improved, I have, like, four different people crossed off. Like, I'm like, just during this episode, I've been crossing off a guy and stuff like that. Miles Bridges was one of those guys. Like, Miles Bridges literally improved so much from a season ago. Like, Miles Bridges was, I would say, like, if you were not a big fan of the NBA, you probably don't even know who Miles Bridges is, like, last season. But this year, like, behind LaMelo Ball, he is the number two guy for sure on that team. Um, like, so good. Uh, Miles Bridges, like, his dunks, his explosiveness, like we talked about for Ja, is just, it's incredible. And his numbers a season ago went from a, uh, a mere 12 and a half points a game all the way up to 21 points this season. So that's a huge nine points. Like anybody that goes from 12 to 21, a nine point difference, 
deserves that trophy. Um, what else do you have to say about him? Do you have anything you want to say? Uh, I can see that, but here's my thing. Is he doing that without uh, LaMelo Ball on his team? I mean, LaMelo Ball. Is he putting up the same types of numbers without LaMelo Ball? Because I honestly feel like Jaws putting up those numbers on any team. I mean, in my personal opinion, but is is Miles Bridges putting up those numbers without Lamella? That, that is true. Uh, I would say no. But here's the thing: different position now. So Lamella Ball, very true. Lamella Ball, point guard, John, or John Morant, point guard. Miles Bridges, small forward, power forward, sometimes shooting guard. Um, so the thing is, to me personally, I think what makes a good team is a point guard. If you have a good point guard, you have a good team. And I think that John Morant, yes, is a is a great point guard, but a season ago he was putting up those numbers too. Like he was a point guard that just like you know did his thing. Like he he just balled out. Memphis is a good team, but it's all because of John Morant. Like John Morant last year, so good, hasn't really improved that much because he was already so good last year. <laughs> it's hard, like you know what I mean. Like Miles yeah. Bridges, Charlotte wasn't that great of it. Great of a team last year. They're a great team this year. And I think it's because of Miles Bridges. Like, Lamelo Ball did Lamelo Ball numbers last year. Like, Lamelo Ball hasn't improved. <laughs> Miles Bridges, incredible. So, um, my most improved player, excuse me, is uh, Jordan Poole. So, oh, he's a sharp shooter. Yeah. He's a great player. So, actually, before I had Jordan Poole, um, I had Tyler Hero crossed off. And then after after I crossed off Tyler Hero, I put Mo Bamba, uh, just because I feel like Mo Bamba a season ago didn't even play. Um, but I have Jordan Poole; he's my most improved player. I'm sticking with it. And if you look at his numbers from a season ago, and you look at them from this year, like it, it, it's incredible. It's almost better than uh, Miles Bridges. Like um, Jordan Poole a season ago had 12 points, um, and Last year he had twelve points, average a game, and then now he has seventeen point one. Um, the difference, though, and this is what you said before. Um, Steph Curry is the point guard on that team. He demands a lot of shots. He probably takes more shots than Ja and Lamelo Ball combined. So the points aren't aren't really there. My only question with Jordan Poole is when Clay Thompson comes back, where do his points go? Probably back down to twelve. So, that's a great question. You know, that's just one of those things we'll have to wait and see. Um, but I don't know. Maybe Steve Kerr fixes him into the rotation so he can stay a threat because he obviously has proven he's a threat. But then again, it's Clay Thompson. You're not going to have much. Uh, but here's the thing too. Again, that uh, argument against that. I don't. The, the thing is with uh, Jordan Poole. It, when Clay comes back, he's Jordan Poole is probably going to go to the bench, maybe, and be a six-man. And uh, he could be six-man of the year. And speaking of, let's go to six-man of the year. I'm pretty sure we have the same one here. I mean, if you don't, then I question I question basketball if we don't have the same one. Who do you have? Come on. Tyler Hero. Who we else? do have the same, then. Who else? Yeah. This man's going off. Guy had last, 27 points. See. Off the bench. 27 points versus Utah. I mean, the last, here we go, one, two, three, four, five, last five games, 19 points, 26 points, 27 points, 23 points, 27 points. He is, 
It's, I feel like we're in the bubble again. This is awesome. This is a Tyler. This is bubble Tyler Hero. The guy literally tries to pass and he, he scores a three pointer. He scores a half court shot. Like the guy exactly. literally cannot it's, miss. It's like some video game stuff. It's like I made a two K character and I put up all the sliders and here's Tyler Hero. He's just going off. The guy does not and miss. It's insane. I think, I think a big reason to that is that he knows that the Heat are just good. You know. He knows he's not on a bad team such as a lot of these younger players are. And, you know, they're just going to go, you know, barely scratch 20 wins on the season, you know. He's not going to be one of those teams. So he has that confidence of knowing he's going to be, like, a good team. And he's he's shooting well, and you can see that. And it's I think oh, Tyler Hero just – he's awesome. I love Tyler Hero. I do too. I just like the way he handles himself. Like, the guy is – like, the guy knows he's good at basketball. The guy knows he's uh... – all-star this year probably like he just knows like he's he's more confident than anybody in the nba like he he just knows he's good at basketball um i mean we've said it he's just good so i feel like there's nobody else that competes with him too so let's just go to uh defensive player of the year who do you got defensive player of the year i got my boy rudy gobert uh mr Whenever I think of Rudy Gobert, it's kind of funny. I always think of the video, like, right as COVID happened, he touched all the microphones. Yeah. And that's just, like, my like my go-to thought of Rudy Gobert whenever I think of him. Anyway, he's averaging 15.4 <laughs> rebounds a game, which is not only ridiculous and stupid, but it's also the best in the league. And, you know, honestly, that's all you need to say about Rudy Gobert being Defensive Player of the Year. He's won it before. He won it last year. He's, I mean, he, he is a guy that's, I would say, is the front runner. Either him, Giannis, or Anthony Davis. Like those, those three guys are the guys that usually are the front runner for for that award. Um, I wanted to change it up. I've, I have a guy that I feel is pretty deserving of it. I have uh, Miles Turner. Um, the guy just knows how to block shots and grab rebounds. Like that's what he is literally in there for. He grabs. You know, seven and a half rebounds a game, and blocks three a game. Like I mean, that's that's the definition of defensive player of the year. And Swat I just think City. he's he's just good. Like he, he just knows what he's doing. Um. So I I just I don't know. I like I wanted to change it up. I was gonna cross it off late and go go Giannis, but um I think Miles Turner is just too good. Yeah, he's he's a block beast, you know. Yeah, like for real, like he's he's just good. Um, so what do you have for? Uh, this is my favorite one. It, it's the hardest one to predict every year. Rookie of the year. Who's your rookie of the year? Rookie of the year. You know, last year I had Lamelo, and I was right. I it was I knew it straight from. Didn't even go to college, so as soon as he got drafted, I knew it. See, I had, I had Anthony Edwards because I thought you had Edwards. I See, think I think he, he deserved won it. it. He could have won it. Now you know, there was a valid argument. Well, Melo got hurt. Anthony Edwards stayed healthy all year. Like, how did he not yeah. win it? Like, I don't, I don't understand. That's very true. Um, but as I was saying uh, about this season, I think <laughs> uh, I, I want to give it to Evan Mobley. Uh, 
because he's just been playing phenomenal for the Cavs. Um, especially for a team like the Cavs, like who really wants to play for the Cavs at the end of the day? But once you get drafted to the Cavs, guys like Anthony Bennett, they just don't make it. You know, he was a first-round draft pick. But Evan Mobley, he's been working hard. Uh, he's averaging 14.6 a game, eight rebounds, almost a double-double a game. That's pretty pretty impressive for a rookie. Yeah, no, it's it's awesome, honestly. I mean, he, I had him up until he got the elbow sprain. I just think Scotty Barnes right now could really just take it away and like run it's with phenomenal. it. Yeah. Um, Scotty Barnes for me, I think is, is the rookie of the year, but, um, I think Evan Mobley is a more fun player to watch just because he's a big that can shoot. He's been compared to a light, um, Anthony Davis. So I just, I would like to give it to Evan Mobley, but I think just him being hurt and whenever a big gets hurt, it's always worse than it usually seems. Um, so I don't know how long he's going to be out for with that elbow sprain and stuff. Um, but Scotty Barnes, I mean, he's he's a freak athlete. Plays, oh, yeah. plays four, sometimes three, um, sometimes five. Like he's just he's a he's a fun player to watch, and you know it's 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 good for the NBA to like have such young talent like like what we've had. Um, the but Raptors I, are fun, man. Fred Van Fleet, he's a I love watching Fred Van Fleet. I like Pascal Siakam. I just don't know what happened to him. Like ever since he won the the finals, like he just dropped. Like it's it's so weird how that happens. Yeah, a lot of people just catch that high from the finals and then just slowly, slowly decline. Yeah, absolutely. Um, one thing I do want to go back to is with Evan Mobley. Like, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are so much fun to watch this year. I don't know if you oh, agree. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I don't know if it's because they have three seven footers in the starting lineup. But it is so much fun to watch. Like they have Laurie Markkinen, who's seven feet tall. They have Evan Mobley, who's seven feet tall, um, and they have uh, Jared Allen, who's seven feet tall. And coming off the bench, they have Kevin Love, who is seven feet tall. So it's just like so much fun to watch because they have so much, like so many giants and stuff that are just like clogging the lane and stuff. It's it's fun to watch. Yeah, and then you got you got guys like Ricky Rubio torching the Knicks. What do you drop? Thirty-seven in Madison Square. Thirty-seven. Garden? I don't understand it. And you also have Darius Garland, and you also have Colin Sexton, who are two point guards. Like, yeah, it's so much Darius fun to watch. Darius Garland and Colin Sexton are raw, man. They're disgusting. Isaac Okoro too, who's a second-year player out of Auburn. Like, he's so much fun to watch. Like, don't sleep on Cleveland this year. Like, Cleveland has it figured out. They have what Detroit yeah, they have tried a to do. Squad. They have a little squad down there. Yeah, they have what Detroit tried to do last year. Like they just went after all the bigs, and like people questioned it, but it, it's actually working because it's so hard to defend three seven footers in in the NBA. And two of those guys, two of those seven footers can shoot. Actually, three of the four, with if you want to include Kevin Love, can shoot when he is healthy. I guess. Um, I want to say they just faced the Warriors today, and they almost won. But yeah, they lost by fifteen, but there, it was oh, a close. Yeah. It was actually a closer game. Like, you just know how the NBA is sometimes. Like you know, Golden team... State. Golden State put up thirty six in the fourth. Yeah, Cleveland put up eight. Yeah, so that's, that's how the tough. NBA. Is. That's how the that's NBA tough. is, though. <laughs> the NBA, it's like teams will be up by like forty, and then they'll end up losing. Doesn't make sense. Yeah, that's ridiculous. <clears throat> um, all right, you ready for it? MVP. Who do you got? This is a, this is a fun one this year. So many good players this year. You could give it to literally six guys. That's so true. Um, 
coming from stat wise, because I'm a big stats guy, I gotta give it to to Jokic. I mean, back to back, back to back. I mean, he's still putting up the same stats as last year, and on top of that, I think he's averaging thirteen point six rebounds. I'd say that's a career high for him. Uh, he's just disgusting, and I'm literally watching him right now. It's great, but he's still disgusting. Uh, he's he's I don't I don't know what you know breed he is, what basketball <laughs> god crafted him, but he just goes on the court and knows what he's doing at the end of the day. And he's a passer. He's seven feet tall. He's, he's a shooter. He can work in the paint. He's got he's got every tool you know a basketball player could want. And. Again, I'm a stat guy. He puts up the stats. Like the stats that he puts up are literally ridiculous. Um, that's why I think he's gonna take MVP. And on top of that, he wins. You know, he's not like a guy like Russell Westbrook, who, like last year, we put up triple double galore, but his team barely made the plan. Like Nikola, or however you pronounce his name, Jokic, the Joker. He's MVP worthy. He's MVP caliber. He is the type of player wherever you put him on any team, he will. I feel like he'll put up the same amount of stats. See, I'm a big believer in um, MVP. Is without that player, there's no way you'd be winning. Um, I agree that Jokic, like without Jokic, like they would not be a, that dominant of a team. But I feel like the core around um, Jokic is is still good enough to make a playoff team. So with that being said, like I don't have him as my MVP, but like he's still a terrific player. Don't get me wrong. But if Milwaukee lost Giannis, or if like Golden State lost Steph, like that team would not be good. So with that being said, like my MVP, I have here written down as Giannis, but I'm backing away from that. My MVP is Steph Curry. Like without Steph, like that team would be terrible. Um, like Steph Curry. Average is averaging a ridiculous amount of points this season. Um, like without that, like without Steph, like they are not doing anything. Steph Curry is averaging um, twenty eight points a game, six assists, and six rebounds. Like the assist part and the rebounds is unlike Steph Curry. And the crazy thing about this is he's averaging forty percent from three this season. Like I mean. Ridiculous! The guy's gonna be the all-time great in three-pointers. He's just gonna be going down as like the best player in NBA history. Uh, maybe not history, but one of the best players in NBA history. Definitely the best shooter in NBA history. So, Steph Curry is my MVP. Yeah, Steph Curry's a different breed. Man. He changed. He literally changed the whole way the the whole game is played. You know, before Steph Curry, people wanted encourage deep threes and. Now, you know, the deep three, it's encouraged in, in college. It's encouraged in, I don't know, maybe even youth leagues if they got that range. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like the way they, the way Steph Curry, like, just put a, put a hold on the way this whole game is played, like, it's so crazy. Like, I feel like because Steph Curry got big men taking threes and changing their whole aspect of the game and evolving the game as well, you know, you got seven footers that are pulling up from three, like, like, like Jokic, you know, and I feel like Curry made the three-pointer just like 
not cool, but he made it. I don't, I don't know how to word it. He made it cool. Um, yeah. He, he literally made it like acceptable to shoot threes from from half court. Like I mean, I would say like you know the game changed when LeBron James started pulling up from the logo. Like LeBron James, like before Steph Curry was even like relevant, he was just a drive and dunk it on your head kind of a basketball player. Like now that Giannis, not Giannis, excuse me, um, now that Steph is like pulling up from half court, like LeBron is literally doing the same because he has to like kind of like mirror what Steph is doing to get open. If you have that type of range, like, you should do it, obviously, because, like, nobody's going to defend you out there. And, like, Steph Curry can hit that con- consistently. Dame can hit that consistently as well. So it, it is it is cool to see, like, I mean, those those guys are just incredible. Like, the players that can shoot from that far, like, it, it is, it, it's just. Yeah, and Steph different. Curry's ridiculous, too, because I also feel like, like, the closest thing to Steph Curry right now, give or take, <laughs> is Trey Young, okay? Like, and. In terms of just, like, likeness, in terms of just, like, um, you know, play style, pulling from deep, making a three. But, like, Trey Young, like, we, the closest thing to Steph Curry right now is Trey Young, but Trey Young is nowhere close to Steph Curry, if that made sense. That 100% like, made sense. Like Steph Curry is on, like, a whole nother wavelength than Trey Young, but that is the closest thing. It's still early for Trey Young. It's still Very early. Very true. So I, I mean, Trey Young, I feel like is a little bit more, more quick than Steph. But like Steph Curry, is a better dribbler and a better like he can just free himself up like off the dribble. Like he's a, one of the best ball handlers in the NBA. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I I like that comparison. Like I, I am so high on Trey Young. Like Trey Young is, great basketball player, but um, and I think like. Steph Curry is, is something that, like, we, we could see, like, another Steph Curry and Trey Young. Like, Trey Young, I would say right now, is the only player that could even challenge Steph Curry's record that he's going to break in mm-hmm. the next couple of years. Um, what's your NBA Maybe Finals? <laughs> That's enough guy that could be the MVP. I mean, come yeah. on. So many good players. Yeah, definitely. Who's your uh, NBA Finals? NBA Finals. <laughs> We got Curry Man himself, Stephen Curry, versus Julius Randle and R.J. Barrett. Get out of here. Come on. Come on. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. (laughs) Let me tell you why. All we need is a playoff spot. Knicks thrive under pressure. We're not not a team that worries about regular season games, obviously. We were about big games. Like, the biggest game of the season was the first game versus the Celtics. I know you were watching that game. You yeah, were watching was. that game. Yeah. Huge game. Huge game. And look what happened. The Knicks took the dub. And now that that high from that game has, you know, <clears throat> fallen down. That's why the Knicks aren't playing with so much enthusiasm. But, but you need I that. You. you need that to get yeah, to the gonna, playoffs. It's going to come back, you know. It usually comes back right around, right before All-Star break. And then right after All-Star break is when it really starts to re-synergize and whatnot. But, uh, yeah, you know, I feel like we're just, you know, trying to find the glue that is that holds the team together. Because we have the team. We know what we're doing. We just don't have that chemistry completely, if that I mean, makes sense. Don't get me wrong. I would love to see the New York Knicks be a good basketball team again. I've been waiting for, you know, my whole life to see it. Um, I mean, we flirted with uh, Carmelo when they were supposed to be good for them to be good. Yeah. 
Um, and especially now that Kemba's on on New York, like I want to see Kemba just go off, especially when he's on this like playing against the Celtics. I want to see him go off for sixty a game. That's my all time favorite player. Um, so I'm happy for him, and I'm happy for the Knicks that they're good again. But it's too soon. Like they need another year or two to just like <laughs> get that nucleus. Like it's so so hard. Um, and I I mean I can totally see Golden State in there. Like that's a great pick for the West that I have no problem with yet. Uh, but I have a completely different NBA Finals. It's Jazz Jazz Heat. Give me thirty seconds to explain each. Like the Jazz, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. Um, Mike Conley, great offense, great defense. Comparing against the teams in the West, like Rudy Gobert can match up against anybody of their bigs in the West. Like the Lakers, if they make it, Anthony Davis won't be an issue with Rudy Gobert on him. Uh, Jokic, no issue for um, Rudy Gobert. Um, the Phoenix Suns with Aiton, no issue. Um, Donovan Mitchell compares to any any of the shooting guards in the NBA. Um, today, like he is one of the best players in the NBA today. Um, and then we talked about the Heat earlier with uh, Tyler Hero, Sixth Man of the Year, um, Jimmy Butler, amazing, and uh, Bam Adebayo. Like I said about Rudy Gobert, could match up against any of those players as well. So, do you, what do you have to say about my uh, my prediction? Um, I like the Heat. I like the Heat. We talked about the Heat a lot. So I could definitely see them dominating the East. Um, uh, the Jazz, they're great. They're a great regular season team, you know. I watched them a lot last season. I'd stay up late, watch a lot of their game. Um, and they played great regular season, but, you know, they lost to the Clippers in the playoffs. And what did I say in the beginning of this podcast? I said... <laughs> The Clippers are dog water, man. They're 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 not good in the playoffs. And when you lose to a team like the Clippers in the playoffs, it just says a lot about your team. You know, uh, again, I don't think think they uh, who did they lose? Didn't the Jazz not have um, Donovan Mitchell? He got hurt, right? Yeah, he uh, twisted yeah. his ankle. <clears throat> you know, but would it be a different story if Donovan Mitchell played? Who knows? But he didn't. And that's just the way the NBA is. But at the end of the day, losing to a team such as the Clippers still says something and still holds value. So It's a new season, though. I mean, I know there wasn't a lot of changes for um, <clears throat> the uh, the Jazz, but um, I just think another year, another year of chemistry, another year of those players getting healthy makes a huge difference. Like, I mean, it, it just it shows that these players can come, they can, you know, improve. And I think another year of just Donovan Mitchell getting rest. I mean, that, that's just a big thing in the NBA now is just get rest. Like, these guys have not gotten, a, a, like, a regular offseason in four years. So the fact that they got eliminated early could actually be, a, like, a, a benefit for them to come back this year and actually, like, do something. Very um, true. <clears throat> I just I, I also I just think the Heat, same thing. Like they played in the bubble, they made it to the finals. They didn't get any rest last year, and I think this year getting that rest and just really improving on you know bench depth and just getting Kyle Lowry will help. I mean that leadership is there's nothing better than that. Um, and I really <clears throat> I have the uh, the Jazz 
uh, winning the NBA Finals this year. Yeah. So, it's crazy. So, we'll see, though. I mean, it's uh, still a lot of season left, and anything can happen. Injuries always happen. Yeah, Trade like you said, it's happens. a new season. Anything could happen. <clears throat> right. Trade deadline not still in effect yet. <clears throat> yeah, and I mean, you have to think, like, all these teams that are, you know, going to compete are going to be on the trade block, you know, trying to acquire more players. So Easily. Easily, yeah. Do you have anything else you want to add? Um, no, I just want to add the Knicks and uh, Knicks Warriors finals. Love to see, <laughs> love to see Julius Randle win a ring. No matter of fact, love to see. Uh, you know who I love to see win a ring? R.J. Barrett. Oh, if R.J. Barrett wins a ring before Zion, bold prediction. I'll add that to the bold prediction. <laughs> R.J. R.J.'s great. I uh, I really do hope that as well. Um, but. I don't know. I just don't see it. You need one more year, at least. At least one more year. At least. I, I'm telling you, man. You got. You just got to watch, like, watch 30 Knicks games. Like, full Knicks games. You'll be like, okay, R.J. Barrett's the man. I'm telling you. <laughs> he is, but he's, he's too inconsistent. Very true, very true. He's too inconsistent. Especially Everybody on the Knicks is in, inconsistent. You have Kemba, who's inconsistent. You have R.J. Barrett, who's inconsistent. You have... Julius Irving or Julius Irving. You have Julius Randle who's uh inconsistent. He's getting, he's getting very inconsistent. And Mitchell Robinson's inconsistent too. So it, it's yeah. it's tough. It's tough for them this year. I, I I hope for you they do, but I don't see it. So Alright, Jalen, yeah, thank you. Thank you for coming on this episode. Um you know Of course, definitely man. thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh we'll have to have you again and if you Guys, want to check us out? Don't feel free again to email email the podcast at nothing but the NBA at gmail.com. That is again nothing but NBA podcast at gmail.com. Uh, thank you, and we'll see you next week.